0: Hi, hello and welcome back to a new episode of 2 teaspoons of positivity. The date is the 26th of September and the time is 6.52 am EST. Without further ado, let's start with the big stories today. This one is out of the UK where employees are to be given the right to request flexible working. People in the UK have the right to request flexible working on day one of their new jobs. This um, change was recommended, or I think this change is being implemented under proposals that are being considered by the government presently. Hmm. Oh, Employers would also have to explain why any requests were turned down. I'm assuming that they would have to explain to the government. Employees currently have to wait until they have been in a role for six months before they can request flexible working, but after this change they will be able to request um, flexible working hours after day one, or at least even on day one. That's nice. That's a good change. Um, A consultation on the proposals was launched on Thursday, proponents argue that the policy will help make flexible working the norm post-pandemic. Critics of this uh, proposal argue that they don't go far enough and that employees should be given the right to flexible working, not just the right to request flexible working. That is a very good point. Um, And I think the people who are, um, the people, the proponents and critics are on the same side. They just want this uh, to be a bit more far-reaching than it is, and that's a good thing. It's it's quite rare. I'm very happy to see this. The number of vacancies, the high number of vacancies in the UK, in the UK jobs market in the UK jobs market, means that many employers are, off- are offering flexible working to entice talent, suggesting the trend for home working will suggesting that the trend for home working will accelerate in some sectors regardless of a policy shift. That is interesting. And yeah, it should happen. I mean, they, they already have um, four days a week um, work week in Spain, if I remember correctly. We covered the story on that. So I think this is going to be the next big thing. Great. Okay, next story, China has promised to stop funding coal power projects abroad. Hmm, so the PRC, the People's Republic of China, has pledged to stop building coal-fired power plants abroad, a move that could prove significant in driving down carbon emissions. The announcement was made by the Chinese President Xi Jinping in a pre-recorded address to the UN General Assembly on Tuesday. South Korea and Japan have already made similar announcements this year. According to some estimates, three nations are responsible for bankrolling 95% of overseas coal fired power plants. That is messed up. South Korea and Japan, you guys would. Oh man. It's like uh, discovering. um... Never mind. Never mind. It's a bad example. Key questions remain, however, including when the financing will end, whether it will apply to power plants already approved, and what China is going to do about its own coal dependency. That is, those are good questions, and uh, I hope that the nations of South Korea and Japan have have satisfactory answers to them, because I don't really expect China to <laughs> I don't really expect China to answer to have and any sort of response to these questions but however having said that we need to acknowledge that this is still a good step ahead a good step forward right next story ai ushered a new era of cancer treatment scientists have used artificial intelligence to create a new drug regi- to create a new drug regime for children who have a deadly form of brain cancer AI helped identify a drug combination that has showed promise in treating intrinsic pontine glioma, a rare and aggressive type of brain tumour in children. Professor Chris Jones of the Institute of Cancer Research in London issued a statement saying that, we still need a full-scale clinical trial to assess whether the treatment can benefit children, but we have moved to this stage much more quickly than would ever have been possible without the help of AI it's interesting experts said that the breakthrough could usher usher in an exciting new era where ai can help develop treatments for all types of cancer hmm. i have uh, i'm sorry i'm so, so sorry for staying silent for so many seconds it's just I, I can't even begin to imagine how many lives this can save. And how do we um, divert or direct this in the most optimist uh, in the most optimal and altruistic way forward? But this is uh, this is really good news. Like if we can treat rare and aggressive tra- types of tumours, then the benign or yeah the benign ones will be a lot easier to eradicate. Right next story. CBBS hired its first presenter with Down syndrome, in a win for in- inclusivity. The BBC's preschool TV channel CBBS has appointed its first presenter with Down syndrome. George Webster previously appeared in a BBC educational video to dispel misconceptions about the genetic condition. Now, the 20 year old, who is an ambassador for the disability charity Mencap, will take a permanent role. I feel so proud, said Webster. Mencap described him as a brilliant role model. That is very wholesome. I like that one. And yeah, this is something I never really thought. Uh, I never really gave much thought to this. I should have that uh, people with any sort of disabilities, be it genetic, physical, psychological, they're not um, they rarely hold uh, influential positions in any any system. Like when was the last time you heard of a politician or um, a president or a prime minister? or even a government official, a well-known government official who had, um, who was open about their um, ailments, like you can tell that, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't say this, so I won't, um, that, was, that was a really good story, I hope other other preschool, or other other media networks or media outlets that are trying to target an audience that is comprised mostly of children. I hope they do. They follow in the footsteps of CBBS because there's. I don't think. Uh, I think inclusivity is becoming the norm. I think it's going. It's it's starting to become more normal than it has been ever before to be inclusive and anything else is just not going to work. Right, next story. A print sale was launched to help female Afghan journalists. An online sale of photographs that were taken in Afghanistan has been launched to help raise money for female Afghan journalists who face persecution under Taliban rule. Funds funds from the sale will help them flee the country or continue their work underground. The collection features images taken by some of the press association's most talented photojournalists prints cost a hundred dollars or 73 euros I, I i think i'm going to buy that one yeah i'm going to buy that and i i recommend whoever's listening to this if you can if you can if you can spare a hundred hundred uh, dollars or 73 euros please do so because we need to help these women in however and uh, yeah, we need to help these women however we can I think the next uh, the next few years or the next few months will be very decisive in um, in telling the world, I think whether whether this terrorist organization will continue to rule over this country or whether they will be destroyed and I think a pivotal force in that in this uh, narrative will be um, will be women mostly so I think it's very important for, them, for everyone to help them right and that does it for our big story now let's go through the baby stories quickly The first one is that Mediterranean nations have agreed to boost climate resilience. Where's this one? Right. After a summer of wildfires in Europe, nine Mediterranean nations have vowed to step up efforts to deal with extreme weather caused by the climate crisis. France, Spain, Italy, Portugal, Cyprus, Malta, Slovenia, Croatia, and Greece have signed a deal. That will see them intensify their efforts. Oh, that will see them intensify their response to wildfires. The country will also share expertise and technology and a bid to build more resilient ecosystems. The climate crisis is no longer a distant threat. It has landed firmly on our shores, said Greek Prime Minister. Oh god. Kyriakos um, <laughs> Mitsotakis. I sincerely apologize for butchering that name so badly. I, I should read more Greek names, I'm so sorry. A circular fashion exhibition was launched in London. This one. Fashion accounts for an estimated ten percent of global emissions, which is more than aviation and shipping combined. It also leaves behind it, it also leaves behind mountains of textile waste. An exhibition launched in London this week. An exhibition was launched in London this week to show there is another way. Clean fashion features garments that use regenerative regenerative oh god regenerative textiles, repurpose waste and bioengineered fibers instead of virgin materials. The aim is to show how the principles of circular economy can be applied to the fashion industry. Clean fashion is part of London Design Festival and is hosted by the fashion research industry. I have no clue what that means, Kuleshi, I I, I probably watch that as well. It is running at the Vitrine Gallery until 26 September. So if anyone who's listening, if you're near, uh, if you're near this location, then please uh, do visit if you can. I don't know um, what the price of admission is. Yeah, I don't know what the price of admission is. But if it's free, uh, please do try to visit this. I like the idea of using recyclable materials um, instead, of, uh, instead of depleting natural resources. But then again, I'm also someone who really doesn't care about what they're wearing, so I have no fashion sense. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is a good story as well, I like that, I like the take that the Mediterranean, uh, that the Greek prime minister had, that it has landed firmly on our shores, that makes it personal, and then the circular fashion exhibition is also a great idea. English heritage trial, a contemplation hour, its sides, oh this one, I like the story. It starts, uh, <laughs> whoever wrote this had a flair for the dramatic. Because they started with this, Shhh, that's the message the English Heritage has for people visiting its monastery sites over the next month. At least that's how I imagined they wanted people to read the first message. So for those of you who couldn't hear that, I'll repeat, Um, it says, Shhh, that's the message English Heritage has for people visiting its monastery sites over the next month. The organization has introduced an hour of contemplation at abbeys and prairies so visitors can enjoy the spiritual buildings as they were intended. In a modern, in a modern world where people are constantly rushing and expected to be at the end of a phone 24/7, we often find silence disconcerting," said Do- said Dr. Michael Carter, of English heritage. "It is important sometimes to take a step back, center yourself." and focus on appreciating the peace and tranquility that is unique to these historic buildings. Oh, that is not just unique to these historic buildings. It's also unique to monuments to the the human spirit and the divine. Oh, these buildings are monuments to the human spirit and divine. Okay. That is a great idea. I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of sites should have that. Because most of the tourist uh, destinations that I've visited, they have like zero silence. Even when the tour guide is explaining how certain chambers in certain castles were created so that the kings and nobility could um, have a moment of quiet contemplation. There's like 10 different noises in the room going on at at, at the same time. And you're already straining to hear the, the tour guide narrate his bit there bit, that's a good story, I like that idea, I'll, I'll try to implement that um, whenever I can. Right, this is the last one for today. Universal phone chargers were mooted for Europe. Hmm. Manufacturers of smartphones and small electronic devices would now have to use the same chargers under a new rule proposed by the European Commission. The idea is to reduce electronic waste by enabling people to reuse existing chargers when buying a new device. That is an, that is an amazing idea. It is such a pain to buy a, a USB Type-C and to just have, like why do those things exist? Why do we have a USB Type-A, Type-B and Type-C cables? Like it's messed up. It's designed to make it it's designed to drain money from your wallet. Oh my god. Thank you, thank you, European Commission. Oh That is a relief. That is such a relief. The tech giant Apple told the BBC that such a policy would stifle innovation. Oh I shouldn't curse. I shouldn't curse. But Apple I have some select words for you, bud. Anyway, I have some choice words for Apple. Yeah, that's that's a really good story, and I think uh, now that um, when this becomes law, uh, other other countries will also have to adhere to this because it's just it'll be easier for the companies that are manufacturing such products to make it uniform all across the globe. Because can you imagine the logistical nightmare that would, that it would be? to um, manufacture and ship manufacture ship and sell uh, a, the same type of uh, USB cables in all of Europe and then different types of USB cables in the in the rest of the world oh God I can't even begin It just it'll be a lot easier to just make it similar for similar for everyone oh thank God <laughs> I'm way too relieved about that I'm so sorry anyway that brings us to the end of our segment, 2 teaspoons of positivity. I would like to thank the one person listening to this, thank you so much for, oh, sorry, I really really hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, and now I am going to tune up. bye bye!